What would you do if you got scammed? Would you suffer in silence or would you do something about it? Well, I got scammed once and this is the story of what I did. I'm Justin Sales, the host of The Wedding Scammer, a true crime podcast from The Ringer. And for seven episodes, we're hunting a con man, a guy with a lot of aliases, a guy who's ruined a lot of weddings. And with the help of some friends, I just might be able to catch him. Listen to The Wedding Scammer on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says, Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Julia Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. Hello, Amanda. How are you? I'm well. I'm glad to see you. I'm glad to see you, too. We've got a fun show today. We do. One topic not fun. Yeah, and, and we'll start with it. And and I don't have actually a lot to add to it, so we'll, we'll acknowledge. Sure. We are referring to tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Monday when we are recording. Tomorrow, Britney Spears' memoir, The Woman in Me, will be released. And there's been a lot of leaks. I don't really know if I want to call them leaks, but excerpts or... Pa- or summaries of excerpts that have been going around? I think there have been both official excerpts via People Magazine, and People Magazine has been teasing its own leak, which was only available in the print version. And then there are, let's say, early looks from a number of media institutions that were able to buy the book early at a a retail store. I'm not not sure which one, but it's a classic. We are not part of that media cohort, unfortunately. But I will say two things. One, it's getting good reviews from like, quote unquote, serious publications. And number two, the audiobook, we may have mentioned this, is being read by the actress Michelle Williams, aka not Destiny Childs is Michelle Williams, but she from The Fablemans and many other movies and Dawson's Creek. I, I we talked about this last week. I think how great it is to listen to celebrities and actors read uh, audiobooks. So I yeah. plan to get the Michelle Williams version of this book when it's available. I'm going to buy it as a as a from Audible, I guess, or wherever one gets an audiobook. I think I will probably still do the text version because I'm a person who reads with her eyes and not her ears, mm-hmm. and many people mm-hmm. do read with their ears. I do think that Michelle Williams' audiobook will be great supplemental material, if you will. It's just, Again, it's just cool that we have this opportunity for all of these people to find a new performing space. 
But I do think in this particular case, we're finally getting like Britney as close yes. to from Britney from Britney as we can. And I, from the excerpts I've read or the summaries of the excerpts that I've read, it seems like that is very important to her. And she talks a lot about the conservatorship and watching the documentaries about her and feeling uncomfortable with all of that. So the content is sad. How can the content not be sad? This is a person who's been through a huge amount, much of it like really ugly and horrifying. And it is, I guess, at least if not redemptive, then like just finally we can hear it from her. You know, she's like getting her her chance to speak. And it's a relief almost, I guess, is the word I was looking for. Yeah, I I also, her Instagram has indicated that what she put in the book, she seems to really, like, believe in or stand by because there's been a lot of response to the book before it's even come out, and she has posted, this is me paraphrasing, like, I didn't mean to offend anyone. I'm just sharing, basically, I'm just sharing, like, what I think. And I think that's been interesting, and, and it is, like, exciting to be able to hear from her directly. I wanted to offer a theory about the Michelle Williams of it all, which Mm -hmm. is as an avid WB fan and Dawson's Creek fanatic, I've like always paid attention to her interviews about her time on Dawson's Creek. She's never spoken ill of it, but in any way, but she has emphasized how she found it limiting and how she would like leave North Carolina as much as possible and go to New York to go to theater. She famously had an unconventional childhood where she was emancipated very young. I think that she has a lot of complicated feelings this is my own interpretation of what I've read about Michelle Williams, but I think she's a lot of complicated feelings about her own time as a young woman celebrity who was shot to fame on this really popular television show. So when I saw that she was reading the memoir, I wasn't surprised just based on the impression I have about how she feels about her own time, her, her own experience in that time as well. Plus, of course, her dating Heath Ledger and like the press frenzy around that and then his death. I think has some echoes of how Britney Spears was subject to like a media frenzy as well. So I saw this as like a real act of solidarity and as a result, and like particularly interested. And to that theory, uh, this statement that accompanied the announcement that Michelle Williams would be doing the audiobook, like it ended with from Michelle Williams, like I, I stand with Britney. Mm. So I, that, that sense of solidarity, I think you like, you really put your finger on something. I will also note, and I, this, I, it's, she probably has not had a lot of other work, right, you know, right now, which is like not, I think it's great. It, this is another thing where, you know, it's not great that the actors are on strike and that a lot of people are out of work, but it's just, people are open to new opportunities. So that yeah. seems positive. We're going to talk about some other instances of people not having a lot of work right now and showing up to things on this podcast. <laughs> so this seems like a good one. I have one other Brittany thought, which I want, which I wanted to share with you. Yeah, which is, I feel bad for Justin Timberlake, and I've never felt bad for Justin Timberlake before. Wow, I I can't say that I do, but I have also never felt like I was really rooting for Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Me so neither. this was sort of just a confirmation of like, oh yeah, this it, 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 that's so, kind of what I thought. One of the excerpts that's come out and then been paraphrased is that. Britney Spears was pregnant when she was 20 and she had an abortion. And as I haven't read the book, so I don't know how she frames it, but the way that it is being presented is that she got an abortion because she said that Justin didn't want to have kids yet and he didn't think they were ready. And so she basically makes it seem like, from what I can tell, she acquiesced because that's what he wanted. And I feel bad for him 
not because I think that, like, she's done anything to him or, like, he doesn't deserve, like, anything, but... I just think it's complicated. Like when you're 20, and that like, is complicated. Yes, and I th- and I think and I think that like there there are reasons to you know want that. And I and you know I hope he didn't pressure her. I hope he didn't. I, I don't have more information, but I just think I I don't know if he got a heads up. But I think it's a really tough thing to come back into the press like you know 20 plus years later when you made a decision when you're young. Who knows how he feels about it now? I'm not saying we need to hear Justin Timberlake's side of the story, but I, I find it unlikely that it's like cut and just like just so cut and dry. And I think that one of the reasons why like abortion rights are so important is because it's a complicated topic and people should be able to choose. So I hope that Britney Spears is able to choose for herself. But I just feel I do feel kind of bad for him. I think this is like a tough lit- relitigation of something that like we're only getting selective information about. That's a very empathetic response. And I agree broadly with everything that you're saying about it being a complicated issue and that you can't, I hope that she made the choice that she wanted to in the moment. And I also understand that it would be hard to answer for something that you, you know, a complicated decision that you made 20 years ago, whether you're Brittany or Justin. I think that... Everything else that he did as a young person in public in relationship to Britney Spears, even though he was young, I still sort of hold against him. And that goes from the Crimea River video, uh, which I think, again, you and I have not read the book. We've just read reports, but it seems that she acknowledges a different side of that story, if you will, and, and her response to that video. I think it said, I think in the book, she says that Justin also cheated on her. Yeah, of course. But, you know, she says that she watched the video and was like, he's being portrayed as this jilted person and I'm being portrayed as the harlot. And that's not, yeah. you know, I he has kind of gone on to make a lot of money off of, off of that and off of associating himself as like someone who found a lot of success after her. And that's a bummer. That's, I mean, it's just kind of a bummer. And again, he was very young and I'm sure he feels differently about it, but it's, I, I, I I don't find as much empathy as you do. Fair enough. I mean, there's also a video circulating right now, recirculating, that came out in August of him at a show where he says, they told me not to perform this song anymore, but fuck that. And then he right. performs Crimea River. And that was like in August after yes. he... Th- uh, under this six year. months ago. Yes. Under after he released that sort of pathetic, ambiguous Instagram statement, I guess in 2021, I want to say, after the Britney doc... And then after also a reexamination of the Janet Jackson uh, Super Bowl affair. Yes. And it was just this sort of like, I realized that I've hurt people and I want to apologize, especially to Brittany and Janet. And I mean, you're right. Like, to some extent, it was 20 years ago. He was young. The machine is the machine. And the... You know, the Janet Jackson stuff in particular was very bad, but there were a lot of people involved in covering it the way that they covered it on the other hand i you know i just that that's a man i get what you're saying too i've had enough i've had enough time of with him that's that's i've had enough i understand i think i would just be really upset if someone like just brought this up you know what i mean but yeah there's nothing else there's nothing else to add i don't have a huge case in defense of him (laughs) no i think also what you're locating is just Man, these are sad and complicated issues that yeah. that Brittany is writing about and that we have been getting 
other versions of for almost for 20 years. years. Yeah. And that goes both from her relationship with Justin to like her custody of her kids, the conservatorship, her relationship with her family. Like it is really, really tough, sad stuff. And so there is something she talks a lot uh, in the excerpts or the summaries of the excerpts that I read about you know, freedom and finally being able to speak about it herself. And I, and I, that's an important, it's important for all of us, but certainly important for her, but it doesn't change the fact that all of it is just, is sad. It's really sad. And, and just that's like why a, we're, we're a like, lot of sad Ugh. stuff. Yeah. And I think it's fair to still have questions about some of the decisions she makes. I mean, like her Instagram is still disconcerting, if not alarming. We're just like, is this really what you want to put in out there? Yeah, I mean the the video with the knives and the that wasn't yeah. great, but otherwise, you know, I like I I have that impulse too and I'm also trying to check a little bit of just mm. kind of like if she wants to get married and get divorced and, you know, put zany stuff on Instagram, so be it. Plenty of people do and <laughs> have not been through what she's been through or been subject you know it's i'm like kind of like yeah. okay whatever like it's the the instagram style might not be for me but you know i i it's just it all seems it all seems really sad and i hope that she finds happiness we're gonna read her book we'll report back read yeah. or listen the only thing about listening is that like that will certainly take longer than reading it so yeah I might have that's to, kind of have the to. Thing. it's like it's a, it's a long commitment. It's a big commitment. Yeah. I'll listen to parts of it. All right. Let's move on to also a sordid tale, but honestly, much less complicated in, in many ways. Though not free of sorrow, I would say. Hottest <laughs> topic among many of my text chains, including several with Amanda, yes, is the newly revealed relationship between Sophia Bush, who you may recall from our coverage, but one month ago when it came out that she was getting divorced from the man who she married in Tulsa, which was covered in a nauseating Vogue article in July of 2022. That was a jam session Hall of Fame moment. And she is now dating Ashlyn Harris, who you may know from the U.S. Women's National Team, soccer team. And you may also be aware that Ashlyn Harris, until very recently, was married to her teammate and I would say pretty beloved soccer player, Allie Krieger. Yes. Sophia Bush and Ashlyn Harris have now been seen together a few times. This story was broken to me via Page Six, who indicated that one of their first public appearances was at a Chelsea Handler show at the Beacon Theater in New York. And over the last week or so, a lot of details are just creeping out, a lot of video footage and photos being reexamined. And it's also a hot, it's like a, a big moment in women's soccer because both Allie Krieger and Megan Rapinoe have retired in the last week. So there's a lot of events with women's soccer players and their celebrity friends. So there's a lot of content to mine. Amanda, would you like to make a public statement on Sophia Bush moving on from her husband only because we cared so much about how offensive her wedding was? I do think that a one month ago, I declared this possibly... The most embarrassing celebrity divorce of all time. Yes, I believe you did. <laughs> because of what a big to-do they made over this wedding and their values. And to call it off so quickly was just humiliating. But when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. <laughs> and 
You are Jerry Orbach. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. (laughs) As I said to one of the many friends that I texted immediately after you texted me with this news, I'm back in, you know, (laughs) just from a pure content and chaos machine. I'm back in. It doesn't seem like all of these relationships had the happiest of endings. And I do send my support to everyone, but especially Allie Krieger's brother, who is just apparently Instagramming and then deleting comments about Ashlyn Harris. Well, they're interpreted to be about Ashlyn Harris. Who can really say? Again, I'm just reading page six summaries afterwards because page six, I realize they have gold and they are covering the hell out of this. I, you know, it's been tough for everyone, but this is preposterous. The other thing I want to note about their first date is that they went on a double date to the Chelsea Handler show with Stacey London and her Who we also recently discussed. Yes. So, and I, then I wore my miniskirt after the age of 35. So someone, someone DM me to say that Stacey London took back everything she ever said. She was like, I regret everything I ever said I want not to wear, where it makes me feel happy and comfortable. So thanks, Stacey London. Okay, good. That does make me feel better. And thank you to that person for letting you know. It's just all absurd. This is so dramatic. We must share how they met. Because while Sophia Bush's divorce may no longer be the most embarrassing divorce of all time, I think the way that these two got together is among the more embarrassing stories. Oh of my all god, time. I totally forgot about this. Yes. Okay, go, go, <laughs> go, go. You may be wondering where did they meet? Well, I'd love to tell you. Ashlyn Harris and Sophia Bush were on a panel together at Cannes Lions. They were not at the Cannes Film Festival. They were at the advertising ado that happens in June that a lot of people spend a lot of money on talking about creativity and In fact, their panel was about creativity and how you harness it. Apparently, they were very flirty on it. And their relationship, I believe, took off fairly quickly. I have no extra information. However, I have been doing a review of some of the photos that I've seen of Sophia Bush over the last few months and reconsidering them. Because after their incredibly trite meet-cute at a corporate conference in France that really has no purpose other than to congratulate people who are already in a certain industry. I noticed Sophia Bush was attending a lot of soccer matches, women's soccer. There was the Women's World Cup. Right. But she also was going to the uh, Los Angeles uh, soccer matches as well. The name of the club is escaping me. Is she one of the investors? I don't know. I will look into that as we're talking, but... She certainly wasn't part of the initial, like, Natalie Portman coalition. Right. no, of that course not. It. No, so but, so but if, if I may, to Sophia Bush. Angel City, that's the name of the club. Angel City. She is the quintessential, do you need someone on your advertising panel or on your dinner or to show up for the Angel Hayes fundraising charity fashion show that only, that none of the A-list celebrities will go to? That is how Sophia... And you know what? The industry needs people like that. So I respect <laughs> Sophia Bush for finding her lane. And also... So I could see her... Invite me to Cannes, by the way. Cannes Lions, I'm available. I'd yeah. love to go to France to congratulate myself. <laughs> so, th- listen, that's just a way of saying that I think probably if Angel City needed anyone, Sophia Bush was like, sure, I'm available. Yeah. So, yeah, they met on a bullshit panel in France. And from there, I think things, like, devolved quickly. And now... 
One of the recent developments is that, well, there's there's two things. One, Sophia Bush recently arrived in Los Angeles and she landed at LAX. Okay. And she, when she was at LAX, she was wearing a sweater that was yeah. made famous by Harry Styles and before that, Princess Diana. She was wearing the black sheep sweater that Amanda also has. Right. And there's a real art to dressing for your arrival at LAX because if you don't want to be photographed at LAX, you don't have to be. They have got plenty of services for celebrities. And yet, she's just waiting in the middle of the arrivals in her sweater, just like hanging out. So if you Bush is like, someone, I'm here. And I suppose she's waiting for a ride. But it doesn't have to be that way. They cater to celebrities. Do you think, and I say this as someone who also had to talk through what the black sheep sweater means on this podcast previously. What do you think Sophia Bush's understanding of what the black sheep sweater means? I think she's more likely to know it from Harry Styles and Princess Diana. Oh, I don't know. I think that she's probably dialed into it, like Princess Diana fashion Instagram at this point. You know, the sweatshirts and the it's everywhere at this point. I, th- I think she probably thinks it's a loose symbol of like media crucifixion. Okay. All right. And she's like getting a lot of attention right now. I don't know. I think she also went to LA for a book event with Hillary Burton. There was okay. another Sophia Bush drama this week also, which is apparently Aaron Foster said that when Chad Michael Murray and Sophia Bush got together, Sophia Bush, or Chad Michael Murray was still living with Aaron Foster. And then like Hillary Burton took to her Instagram to defend Sophia Bush. Okay. So there's just like a lot of Sophia Bush happening. And of course, I'm One Tree Hill fan, so I'm following all of it. <laughs> do you listen to the One Tree Hill podcast? I do not, no. Okay. I My sister-in-law, Ruthie, who I FaceTimed, to be able to tell her this news in like person via FaceTime. And I just have to tell you, we should be doing that more for people <laughs> as just like, that's a great relationship tip. If you've got something quick to say, FaceTime the person. And if you're the person on the other end, accept the FaceTime, you know, it's going to yeah. be quick. It's just like a low commitment, two minutes thought of you. Here's a great moment. Goodbye. Anyway, Ruthie listens to the One Tree Hill podcast religiously, but they they record well in advance and I think also yeah. don't talk about their personal lives. So we'll see when this comes up. It's pretty exciting. And then I would say, from your taking in a media, mm-hmm. do you think the soccer world has landed on anyone's side yet between Allie Krieger and Ashlyn Harris? Well, yeah. I think in the sense that Allie Krieger is the wronged woman and also seems to be beloved by the the U.S. women's national team, that she's she's getting that way with help from members of her family and Instagram comments. Also, the sort of the uh, the real kind of like access of power here is the power couple of Megan Rapino and Sue Bird, and right. I think and so I I think that. Megan Rapino and Allie Krieger are really close, as as I could tell from Instagram. I don't completely know, which I think is like in the soccer world, probably tough beat right. for Ashlyn Harris. Yeah. Well, I just want to note the part that I find to be somewhat filled with sorrow is that Ashlyn Harris and Allie Krieger have two young children. Yes. Yeah. And this sucks for them. And it, that does. And also, it seems like this probably sucks for Allie Krieger. So I hope she's okay. She posted on Instagram well. that she's in her lemonade phase. So I hope that means she's finding power through music and art. <laughs> I do as well. <laughs> it's a great way of putting it. 
<laughs> oh, man. Sophia Bush has given us a lot. Yeah. I So has the, I mean, the U.S. Women's National Team. They did not give oh us God. a World Cup victory this summer, but I'll take this as a... They have been a fun constant of like the last oh, yeah. decade. Yeah. Like, they really have been. Thank you so much, the U.S. Women's National Team. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by the Disney Bundle. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new exciting movies and series, all for one low price. On Disney Plus, join the ranks of Captain Marvel, Captain Monica Rambeau, and Ms. Marvel as they team up to save the universe in Marvel Studios' The Marvels and embark on an adventure into the futuristic world of Iwaju. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone, in the award-winning film Poor Things. And school is back in session for the beloved teachers of Abbott Elementary. The Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. They're better together. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. All right. On the topic of soccer, one of our most anticipated shows of 2023 (laughs) has landed on Hulu. And that is Colleen Rooney. The real wag of the story. It's a three-episode show. Each one is about 45 minutes. And if you were looking for a literal beat-by-beat breakdown of how Colleen Rooney came to suspect that Rebecca Vardy was leaking her personal information to The Sun, boy, do we have the show for you. I think that this is a not-very-good TV docuseries and an absolutely stunning act of historical and media analysis. This is like, this should go in the Library of Congress. If you want to understand <laughs> how celebrity and Instagram works in the late, the end of the last decade, like th- this, as you said, is the how-to. It's amazing. It is it literally is, just a Colleen Rooney monologue. It's It's pretty amazing. We need to just issue one disclaimer, which is that this three-part documentary series, so-called documentary, Features Pierce Morgan. We didn't even talk about this beforehand, but as soon as you said it, I was like, yeah, Pierce Morgan. That's It's not good. It's, a, it's an immediate problem. That yeah. said, I got some good information that Pierce Morgan had nothing to do with. Amanda, would you like to tell the, sto- like, the two pieces of information that Colleen Rooney planted 
to out Rebecca Vardy as the leaker because there are two, like, kind of shocking things that one would make up. Going to Mexico to explore gender selection for the the fifth child that they were never going to have. Obviously, they were not going to Mexico to explore gender selection. They were going to Mexico on vacation after Wayne Rooney had had a DUI, which is like, that's another whole thing is just he is in there, just not... David Beckham, he is not. That's for sure. Yeah, it's just... Not not having great press coverage and not really bringing anything energy wise to the docu ex- documentary experience. So that's number one. And then was number two about the measles outbreak at school. I believe it was that their basement flooded. Oh, okay. But there was something about it. There was also oh, a measles outbreak at oh, school. Oh, right. But but that was when she had accepted one of Wayne's friends' requests, and so two people had seen the story instead of the one person that she was looking for to have like That's an correct. airtight legal case. Right. That's correct. So, okay. so yes, Colleen Rooney planted, she made some fake Instagram. She made some real Instagram posts that she hid from all of her followers, Instagram stories, but Rebecca Vardy. And then on accident one time, one of Wayne Rooney's friends also got to see it because she forgot to um, hide it from him because he was a new follower. She and- also had some difficulty with the Instagram interface in terms of hiding it from everybody else. So there were some times where she made up fake stories, but then three people had seen them because so she, yeah, she, she, yeah, she had proof. missed. And, and she narrates that for you. Don't worry. And there's a lot of like motion graphics of what Instagram looks like with like fonts that are just slightly off. It's really, it's really something. It's like watching the most elaborate YouTube explainer of all time. And one of my takeaways was I knew that the United Kingdom has a different, a lot of different laws, but their relationship to IVF is really fucked up in England, I would say, the way that it's viewed. I was just like, okay, this is a different documentary that we can talk about another time. But this like emphasis on like gender selection over and over was really something. And I was like, okay, that's different. I actually had heard about that, but it really caught my eye. That was number one. I was just yes. like, this is fucking weird. I number mean, two, it's, it's all really wild. <laughs> and then... Number two, I can't believe Colleen, who I'm saying, everyone in the UK says Colleen. I'm saying it wrong, but I'm an American. I'll I'll carry on. Colleen and Wayne met when they were 12. That's fucking nuts. 12, <laughs> Amanda. I know. It's that whole story. There's a section where she's like narrating his trophy room. And trying to explain everything that he's won. And she's like, I don't know what this is. And they try to make you care about Wayne Rooney for like about 20 minutes. Like as they sort of try in the Beckham documentary, except no one cares about him. And he is the, (laughs) like, he just looks like he's asleep the entire time he's being interviewed. It's really, really tough. I don't know. I guess she just, they, they stuck with it, you know? Yeah. He seems like a total sleaze. There's not a lot. There's not a lot of redemption for Wayne Rooney. Like, there's a moment where she talks about how he goes with her to court and she was like, this like goes against conventional wisdom. And she was like, well, I never thought he wouldn't. (laughs) It's like, okay, well, I guess you're the only one. It's a tough look for Wayne Rooney. It's a really tough look for Rebecca Vardy. I will say, because this is just a step-by-step chronological explanation, almost entirely from Colleen Rooney and occasionally some other people in her camp, mostly relatives of Wayne Rooney. Right. Up, up. And then her publicist. Her publicist was incredible. And then her legal team, they come in episode three. But her publicist (laughs) explaining, I had never really heard of Rebecca Vardy 
Uh, she was yeah. not on my radar. And then she just does this very concise explanation of that. I looked through her exposure, her press exposure, and it was all positive and it was never really tied to any sort of product launch or anything new. And that indicated to me that the newspaper had something to gain from it. And so that was clearly a trade going on. And I was like, that's it's it is amazing in terms of people explaining how the sausage is made. It is just so it's great in the weeds and so frankly boringly done that unless you are absolute Instagram psycho like you and I are and I guess the rest of the world is I mean that's the other thing that it's amazing everyone can relate to this somehow so relatable um yeah totally I actually found a Victorian I was like this is like a Victorian like mediocre novel like this is like a lesser work of George Eliot or something yeah Yeah, that's a good way to put it like I think it has something to do with all the accents. Like, it's there's no Queen's English to be heard, except for Pierce, Pierce Morgan, and I tried to block him out. He has a lot of filters going on, all, by the way, where it's like the documentary almost tried to, like, obscure the fact that it was Pierce Morgan, you know? And then he's, like, sitting by a window in a way where I'm like, did he stipulate, like, be on call to catch me in my good light or something? I don't know. His is, He's the worst part about it, obviously, is the worst part of most things he's involved in. But there's just something about it that the sort of, Again, like, it reminded me of, like, a lesser Dickens where it's, like, step by step of, like, the story of Pip of, like, from... No, it's really true. (laughs) So... There was just something about it that I was like, I can't look away. And it is also because every story that Colleen has to narrate endlessly in order to explain how she set up Rebecca Vardy is like, and then Wayne was driving some girl's yeah, car. Yeah, like a pitfall then, or like something gone wrong. And she is like, and then I accidentally had two people look at the story. Like nothing ever right. just works out. There's like always like a cliffhanger at the right. end of the, of the scene. And, and you're like, like well, another thing that's, a, that's gone make wrong in an incredibly unrelatable way. <laughs> It's honestly a great escape watch. Beckham it is not, but it doesn't matter. It has a real place in the culture. And like you said, it's a historical record. It's important it's, information. It is <laughs> unbelievable. If you don't... And I do think it's also like a crash course in celebrity, just Definitely. media 101. If you if you want to learn, Colleen Rooney will explain it to you step <laughs> by step. Can you think of any like frivolous scandal that, like, you wouldn't want to have this treatment? Because, like, I feel like this is a template. Like, let's do this more. Let's explain a lot of shit that we're just like, how the fuck does this I don't know, but there is something. It's like, Colleen never gets hugely animated. You know, so there is is her Liverpool accent in sort of like a, a soft monotone just narrating, and then... I opened the Instagram tab and found hide from followers. And then I found this, yeah. that, and the other, you know, it, but it takes a specific mix of that dogged determination that she had to go down the Instagram rabbit hole and also just this, this soothing narration. You know, not everyone could do it the way that she is doing it. Also, her agent is kind of calming too. He's just very, he's like, Unmovable. I guess it's Wayne agent, Wayne's agent. I don't know. It's like definitely worthwhile. It's a great like folding laundry watch. It's a good yeah. like doing chores. I don't know. I I was like so happy to have this to watch. So thank you, Hulu. Why did it get more press? It should be riding the coattails of Beckham. Because I think that first of all, we were early on Beckham, and That's second true. of all, I 
I do think that this is a nicher, maybe not nicher, but it is like, it's really, it goes deep on the one thing. So it's true. You got to be dedicated, but you can learn a lot if you are. You really can. (laughs) All right, moving on. More news that's old, but broke this weekend. On Friday night. Friday night, I was in bed, checked page six, like the absolute garbage lord that I am. And splashed across the top is that Meryl Streep and her husband, Don Gummer, have been separated for six years, but are still married. So it's like, it's like Will and Jada, but they didn't tell anyone and didn't have a public event at the Academy Awards, even though Meryl Meryl is there just as often, if not more often than Will. I was surprised. That's all. You know, I, we were talking a little bit about Will and Jada and much of it is very strange and public, but I was saying, I was like, if they weren't being so red table talk about all of it. I do think this happens in long marriages where people build a life together, but they don't really need to be like together together anymore, which is like sort of what's happened. This is my take on the Merrill thing. I don't I don't really know because they have not written two memoirs about it. (laughs) I think that the fact that nobody knew was definitely helped by COVID because there may have been some more events in the last four years that perhaps Meryl Streep would have been more conspicuously without her husband that maybe people would have asked questions about. And then, like, the strikes and stuff. Like, I feel like there's a lot of circumstance that has led to Meryl Streep not having a lot of public appearances. She's also living in California, where... Mm -hmm. In an absolutely lovely part of Pasadena, in an architecturally significant home. Is it a Neutra house or something? I don't think it's a Neutra, but... It's it's a similar style, a mid-century. Like mid-century or whatever. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. I only know this from Variety. I haven't been invited to Meryl Streep's house. Damn. Now, hopefully in the future. Do you think of her as a Californian? Like, where do you think of her living when you think of Meryl Streep? No, I think of her as pure New York. And then wasn't she a part of, like, the Mike Nichols, we all have farms in Connecticut scene? Yes. I don't definitely. know if she actually was in that Mike Nichols book, but I, I place her there. I think, the, yeah, I think also they famously raised the daughters, like, right in Connecticut or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I also, the one time I've ever seen Meryl Streep in person was in New York at a Broadway show with her cool. three daughters. I was seated right next to her. And then all the I gummers. I cannot wait for the Gilded Age. I'm so excited. Louisa Jacobson, how have you been? Can't wait to jump back into that show. I enjoy it. Me too. I'm really excited. <laughs> Meryl Streep. Do you, girl? I don't know. Maybe go on the Golden Bachelor or something. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if we need that. <laughs> All right. And lastly, one more topic. You know, we talked, we've been talking a lot about this in general about how celebrities will be seen without events amid, amid the strikes. We talked about the US Open back in August. Mm-hmm. Here we are, just the day after the US Grand Prix in Austin, Texas, and a lot of celebrities showed up. It seemed to be all are accepted because Drew Barrymore, who's really just had a a rough go in the press in the last (laughs) few weeks. We just, a lot of it's self-inflicted. Oh, absolutely. A lot of rough uh, just Instagram videos filmed by herself. Well, she found a warm embrace in in the Red Bull paddock. She was like wearing a Red Bull jumpsuit, looking like she was working for the team. Seemed like she was having a great time and getting a lot of the positive reinforcement she probably has not been getting in a while. So I'm happy for her. Prince Harry, also there. Interesting. Cavorting with all of, like, 
Mercedes is like the lead British team because of Lewis Hamilton, but he seemed to have the like cl- the warmest embrace. I keep using the word embrace as in, in relation to Red Bull, but with Christian Horner, who is the the GM essentially of Red Bull and husband of Jerry Hallowell, Ginger Spice. Oh, that's they fun. seem to be having a nice time. Adam Driver was there. Right. Well, he is promoting Ferrari, the upcoming Michael Mann movie, which so and that actually does have a waiver, so he could promote it, but and since it's a car race, it's on trend for him to be there. Yeah, Ferrari is one of the top top teams. And also there was Patrick Dempsey, who's also like a big car racing guy. And he, in he Ferrari. himself is a car racer. He's in Ferrari. Yeah. The film. Yeah. Oh, I think he's also like a big Ferrari guy. Although right. He also has a lot of Porsches. Yeah, no, he plays a driver in the in the oh. film. He's good. Can't wait to see it. Great. Yeah. One, of my, one of my favorite Michael Mann movies already has a lot of driving and that would be Collateral. So can't sure. wait. Yes. <laughs> Lastly, Elon Musk was there, if you care about that. Yeah. He lives in Austin. Austin is definitely, like, a great place for this kind of celebrity event because it's, like, a destination, but also has undergone a transformation in, like, the last five years. So I feel like this is a great cross-section of cachet in America right now. So great times. Seemed like Prince Harry had a good time. As I was watching the race, they were talking about how Prince Harry loves Formula One, and he's been to a lot of races in his time, so... Okay. Have well, maybe when you guys finally meet, that's what what you can discuss. I wonder if he'll be going to Vegas. I feel like he probably shouldn't go to Vegas. Yeah. I he got in a lot of trouble the last time he was in Vegas. Remember? Yeah. Yes, well, I that, do. that that we know of. Can I just throw in one more public sighting of people who are not currently allowed to promote their acting projects? Yes. Just want to note that Bradley Cooper was very present at the Eagles game and also did a Eagles voiceover voiceover narration, which he does from time to time, usually for playoff games. But Bradley Cooper has a movie coming out and he is he's he's seeing all the angles. I texted a picture of Bradley Cooper and Gigi Hadid to you and a few of our friends. Yes. Coworkers. So, you know, that photo didn't come through. I don't know why. But, huh. but then I got added back on about the photo. You know, everyone was very kind to like keep me on the on the chain, but somehow I didn't get the photo. Was it the one where he was wearing the Ellen boxers? Sure was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bradley Cooper is wearing free underwear from a television show that hasn't been on the air in several years from a person who's like no longer um, popular. And I mean that in like the most literal sense. She right. is no longer liked. Weird. Just, like, really funny Bradley Cooper shit. That's the side of Bradley Cooper that I love. I, I am really enjoying this non-press tour press tour. And I am just, <laughs> I am, I'm keeping my eyes on it, you know? And I'll let you guys know. It's going really well. He's getting a lot of attention. I guess so. <laughs> I guess, I think he's getting a lot of attention from us. From people who might actually <laughs> see the film Maestro, I'm not so sure. I might see it. It's on Netflix, right? I'll watch it. I mean, it will be eventually. Please go see Maestro in a theater if you can. The sound is very important to the experience. Oh, right. It's about music. Okay, maybe I will. Yeah. Music. Okay. Yeah. All right. What I'll was the last it. movie you saw in theaters? Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour. Oh, yeah. Um, before that, I think it was... I guess it was Barbie and Oppenheimer. And I wow. also saw the um, movie with Greta Lee called Past, Past, Lives. Past Lives. Right. Which I liked. I did too. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for this movie digest. Yeah, they're great. (laughs) On that note, please spend your time at home watching Colleen Rooney, the real wag of the story on Hulu. (laughs) I don't think you'll regret it. If you're outside (laughs) of the U.S., it's on Disney+. Plus. Thank you to our producer, Jade Whaley. Thank you, Amanda. This was a fun one. Free of 
someone else's omnipresent omnipresent presence. Yeah. Omnipresent press tour. We're gonna have to talk about Kansas City real estate at some point, but that's a, uh, that's for another for, day. Save it for later. Okay. And barbecue. Have a great week, everybody. 